listening to Matt Loves Cameras. It's been called the greatest instant camera ever made, the apex of the Polaroid folding line of cameras, and even the evil twin of the original SX70 camera. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about the magnificent Polaroid SLR 680 camera, not as well known as the SX70 outside of instant camera circles, but it should be. It's an absolute ripper. For me, this is the camera that started off my Polaroid obsession a few years ago. Keep listening and find out why I love this camera so much. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. How are you doing? It's Sunday the 3rd of February and I'm back for episode 5 of Matt Loves Cameras. Summer is still in full swing and we have finally had some rain here in southeast Queensland. I lay in bed this morning and there was a very strange sound of rain on the roof for about 10 or 12 minutes. It was very odd to hear after having several months of what seems like no rain. Uh, in the back garden the other day, uh, I saw that most of our plants are starting to die. I've been trying to water them, bring them back to life. The The grass is all brown uh, and in many cases, the trees are... Uh, um, dropping all their flowers and leaves. So, um, yeah, we, we desperately need a bit more rain here. I've been looking at the news and seeing all the photos and videos of snow everywhere in North America and in the UK. And up in the north of Queensland, where I live, we, it's a very long way from where we are, um, but they have been smashed by about a year's worth of rainfall in a few days. Um, but still, the sun keeps shining here in Brisbane. So just to recap for new listeners, I'm Matt Murray. I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. In many episodes of this podcast, I will review a different film or instant camera, telling you about its history, its features, what it's like to use, and what kind of photos you can expect from it. You can see some of the images I took with the cameras on my website, mattlovescameras.com, and also on the show's Instagram, at mattlovescameras. The camera I'm featuring in today's episode is the magnificent Polaroid SLR 680. After the review of the camera, I'll give you a brief overview of what I've been up to since the last episode, uh, but it won't be long as episode fours. That went forever. Um, so it'll be a bit shorter episode this time. So let's start off with a brief historical introduction. In 1972, Edward Land, the founder of Polaroid Corporation and a true visionary, introduced the SX70 camera, along with its brand new film format, SX70 Integral Type Film. This was a legendary piece of design in camera photographic history. It was a folding SLR camera which took integral film, so everything needed to uh, develop, fix and stop the photo was in the film pack along with the batteries. It was a beautiful, beautiful piece of design and SX-70s of course are still sought after to this very day. 
So during the 1970s, SX70 design and features evolved and matured with new models. But Polaroid in this time saw the need for a faster film format. So the SX70 film format was ISO 150, which meant that uh, in, you know, in dark environments or low light environments, uh, consumers maybe were not getting the best results with the camera. So Polaroid's answer was to launch a new faster type of film. Now, around the time that Polaroid launched this new film, a few interesting things happened at Polaroid Corporation. So in the late 70s, Edward Land actually championed the idea of an instant home movie system called PolarVision. So this was a little film that you could put in a home video camera or home movie camera and you could develop instantly. I think it was around three minutes at a time. PolarVision, though, was a financial disaster for the company. And in 1980, Edward Land resigned his chief executive officer position of the corporation. The next year, in 1981, Polaroid launched their Type 600 film, which is actually uh, ISO 640 film, along with a brand new camera that took the film, the Sun 600. The following year, in 1982, Edward Land left Polaroid completely. 1982 was also the year that the Polaroid SLR 680 debuted at Photokina in Cologne, West Germany. Uh, the only dates that I have for Photokina in 1982 were in October, so that's when I believe the launch of the camera was. Um, but if you know any different, please let me know. So let's take a look at the Polaroid SLR 680. So the original SX70, which I have here with me, was billed as a pocket camera, which now compared to other cameras, um, you know, like a Mu2 or like the Pentax 110, uh, it could be questionable whether this really is a pocket camera. But you've got to remember it was launched in 1972 before some of those really small cameras came out. Um, so looking at the cameras here, I've got the uh, SLR 680 in one hand and I've got the SX70 in the other. Now putting them up against each other, they're actually, for the most part, they actually look very similar. So I guess the bottom two thirds of the Polaroid camera looks almost exactly like the SX70. The bit that's different is the 680 has the bit on top with the uh, the autofocus and the flash. So that's something that the original SX70's cameras didn't have, a flash. Now I weighed them both. Uh, the Polaroid SLR 680 um, weighs 830 grams and the SX70 weighed 696 grams. So there's not actually that much in it in terms of weight. There's only like 134 grams, which isn't that much. In terms of uh, how big it is, I've just got my um, tape measure here. So I'm going to measure the SX70, and it's 18 centimeters or 7 inches long. Whereas the uh, other camera, the SLR 680, is 25 centimeters long, which is 10 inches. And they're both uh, 10 centimeters or 4 inches wide. Now, looking at the front of the camera, this is the Polaroid SLR 680. Looking at the front of the camera when folded up, 
you've got the beautiful Polaroid rainbow logo of the top left. In the top right, you have the flash. Now, the flash is designed to be used indoors and outdoors under all conditions. The flash fires at one three thousandth, well, I can't say that, <laughs> one three thousandth of a second. And the flash range indoors is 10.4 inches, which is just over 26 centimeters, to 14 feet, which is 4.2 meters. Uh, when you're waiting for the flash to charge, you'll see a red light. Uh, and the red light will sort of stay on until it's ready. Now into the center top of the camera, when it's folded up, you can see the gold sonar round kind of thing, the gold sonar autofocus system. Now the autofocus system on this camera is very good. There is a transducer, wow, I'm skipping over my words today. There's a transducer which sends sound waves to your subject and receives the echo back. This happens in a split second, and in a split second, it automatically focuses um, from you know 10.4 inches to infinity. It's an amazing, wonderful autofocus system. The camera has a four-element f/8 116 millimeter glass lens. So a lot of, um, you know, compact cameras, we talk about how fast the lenses are. You know, it could be an f2.8 lens, f3.5. This is an f8 instant camera. Turning the camera over, on the back we have a viewfinder cap. So that's in the center of the camera. That's sort of um, looking at the camera sideways. That's the sort of bit in the middle on the back that sort of sticks out. And what you do is, that's how you unfold the camera. You lift the viewfinder cap, and the arm sort of locks in place there. Um, so that's what that's for, as, as well as being a viewfinder. Now, just close the camera back up. Just talk about a few features on the back of the camera. At the top, there is a switch for the flash. So I spoke about the flash earlier. Now this camera, this is genius, unlike many other Polaroid cameras, you can choose to turn the flash on or off. This is fantastic, and this is something that many other instant cameras do not do. Also on the bottom of the camera, when we're looking at it folded up, or when we're looking at it uh, unfolded, there is a picture counter, which shows you how many pictures are left. But unless you're using the original pre-2008 Polaroid film, you'll have to remember to adjust this figure. So before 2008, when Polaroid film was still available, like the original Polaroid Corporation film, there were 10 images in the pack. So all of these old vintage cameras, they are designed to count down from 10. So if they've got a film counter on there, they will count down from 10 because all of the film packs had 10 images. Now with impossible film, or the Polaroid Originals film, there are only eight exposures in the pack. But when you put the pack in, a new pack in, it will go to 10. So for example, with my Polaroid SLR 680, I know that with the current film pack, it was like a ice cream pastel film pack. I've already taken four pictures with it, and I know there's four left in there. But if I open the camera up, oh, actually no, sorry, if I just look at the bottom of the camera, it says six because it's it thinks that there's six photos left, but you have to take two away. There's actually only four in there. 
Also on the bottom and near that film counter are two neck strap connectors. Um, I don't know about you. I, I would not want to have this particularly around my neck. It weighs like 800, over 800 grams. Um, I know that there's a lot of DSLRs that weigh a lot more than that, but it's pretty hefty. Um, I don't actually have this strap for mine, which is probably a good thing. Now on the bottom of the camera, or on the front as it's folded up, there's actually a tripod socket. So you can mount this camera on a tripod and with a remote release, you can take some long exposures, which is something I am gonna love to do in the future. Uh, I haven't actually got around to doing it yet, but that is on my list of things to do with this camera. Now, as you open the camera up, so um, let's just, I've just closed it up. So you hold it in one hand, and with your other hand, you pull up the viewfinder cap on the back of the camera. And then there's an arm on the left-hand side that you just lock into place. And now this beautiful camera is unfolded and in my hand. So looking at the, um, I've sort of turned it around to face me as if I'm taking a selfie, but I'm not taking a selfie. So I can see the front of the camera there. So at the top, of course, there's the Polaroid logo and the flash coming down to the transducer, the autofocus sonar system. Now I can now see the, the lens. That is the four elements F8 116mm glass lens. There are some sort of distance markers around the lens. I don't know what the point of those is. Uh, I'm not sure how they would um, sort of practically help you. Oh, I guess maybe if you're manually focusing, is it range finding? I, I really don't know. It must be. Um, I don't actually manually focus with this camera myself, but you can. So as you're looking at the camera, sort of just off to the left of the front of the camera, sort of halfway between the, sh uh, the, the lens and the gold sonar autofocus system, there's a little tab that you can just press in and a little sort of red uh, tab pops out and that means that you are manual focusing. And uh, yes, as I'm manually focusing now, of course, there is a line and there's distance markers. So you can actually, if you want, manually focus um, this camera using the distance markers around the lens. There you go. Uh, I've just popped it back into autofocus mode. Now, just under that sort of uh, manual focus button and manual focus wheel, there is the shutter button. So the shutter button is lovely. It's Mine is black. Uh, I actually have two of these cameras, would you believe? I have an SLR 680 and an SLR 680 SE, which is a special edition. And I'll talk about why it's a special edition a bit later. Both of my cameras have a black shutter button. Now I have seen some really cool versions of this camera with a blue shutter button. I believe they are the earlier models. And I'm pretty sure I've also seen one with a red button. Um, I could be mistaken. Um, but there's definitely ones out there with blue buttons and there's definitely ones uh, with black buttons. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Now on the opposite side of the lens to the shutter, there's another round little sort of circle. That is the photocell silicon photodiode that measures light from the scene. So that's how uh, the camera gets its automatic exposure. 
And just above that, there is a light and darken wheel, which you'll find on a lot of Polaroid cameras. And this one is no different. You can manually adjust the scene uh, once you've taken an initial exposure. So what's the Polaroid SLR 680 like to use? It's a lot of fun. It has a beautiful, clear viewfinder. And it actually has a special preview that lets you see exactly how the image will look. So what you do is you look through the viewfinder and you half press the shutter button like this. And everything sort of comes perfectly into focus how exactly you will see it on the image. Uh, the, the, the autofocus is magnificent and it's just so quick you sort of press it halfway down and that's what you're gonna get on the, uh, on the image. The only caveat, of course, is the flash. You know, you, you wouldn't be able to see how the flash is going to affect things, but otherwise, what you see is what you get. Let me just read you a little bit from the manual. The single lens reflex viewing system allows you to precisely frame and compose each picture because what you see in the viewfinder is the exact image that the camera will record on film. Focusing is super accurate and super fast. Let me read you a little bit of the review that Ken Rockwell did about this camera. Uh, Ken Rockwell is a quite a well-known uh, camera reviewer on the interwebs. And so he did a review of the 690 camera. Now, it's actually almost identical to this camera. I'll, I'll talk about them different models in a, in a few minutes. So this is what Ken wrote about the camera. The sonar-based autofocus is better than a Nikon D2X. It works fast and is not confused by subjects of center. It also focuses, it also easily focuses on blank walls or other low or no contrast subjects that fool the best through the lens focus systems of other cameras. So there you go, a, a, a glowing review from uh, Ken Rockwell, the, the very well-known uh, camera reviewer. So, as I said earlier, there is an autofocus override switch. Um, as I said, I didn't actually know it was there until I started doing research uh, for this podcast. The um, automatic variable speed aperture shutter system has shutter speeds from 1 180th of a second to 5 seconds or more. And as I said earlier as well, um, to you can actually do those long shutter speeds with a camera if you have the cable release, which I sadly don't have. Apertures range from f8 to f90. And of course, you, you can't actually choose the aperture. The camera chooses that all for you. Now, let's talk a little bit about the models. So originally in 1982, the uh, Polaroid SLR 680 came out. That was with the blue button. They produced this camera until 1987, and the later models had the black shutter button. Now, the SE was a special edition of the camera. Now, I was hunting high and low for what was different about this camera. I could not find anything different about the camera at all. It looked identical. Now, the reason it looks identical, the um, SE version to the normal version, is because they are identical. Um, apart from the fact that uh, on the film door it has SE, um, they're exactly identical. The reason it was a special edition was because it came with a five-year picture guarantee coupon book. So I've actually got the coupon book uh, with the camera I bought, and they're for replacement film. So what it was actually saying was, it was a bit of a marketing gimmick. 
We're saying if you buy this camera and if you're not happy with the pictures, here are some coupons, send them back to us and we will replace the film for you. So that's what the special edition was about. It was about a marketing gimmick saying to people, we guarantee you excellent photos. If not, send them back and we'll send you more film. So also um, along with the, um, the camera, also came a registration card. There's also a $10 Polaroid film rebate coupon. And there was also a reprint enlargements coupon. I'll just grab that. Hang on. Okay, so I've got the um, little thing here. It is a Polaroid reprints coupon. So if you wanted to get copies of your photos, you'd have to send the photos back to Polaroid, of course, because, you know, they're one-off originals. The copies, the, the regular size copy of your Polaroid was 75 cents. A wallet size version was 65 cents. An enlargement to five inches by five inches was two ninety five. Uh, eight inches by eight inches was five ninety five, and eleven inches by eleven inches was eleven ninety five. And there was a handling charge of one US dollar, and that's the original coupon. There, you had to send uh, the um, all this little coupon to either El Segundo in California or Cambridge in Massachusetts. So that's really hard to say, by the way, Massachusetts. Um, so there you go. Um, they've got the registration card. I've got a $10 coupon and I've got my little book there for my um, five-year picture guarantee coupons, which is pretty cool. It doesn't look like the person who owned the camera actually used any of those coupons. So you can either say that they didn't use it very much uh, they were very happy with their photos or they just couldn't be bothered to, to send any back to Polaroid. So the Polaroid SLR 680 was produced from 1982 to 1987. And then in 1996, Polaroid brought it back as the 690 or the SLR 690. Now, the differences were this. The original camera, the 680, was made in the United States. The 690 was made in Japan. For all intents and purposes, they were exactly the same design with one small difference. The analog metering and timing circuitry in the original had been replaced by a 4-bit microcontroller in the 690. So that's really the only differences. Pretty much exactly the same camera. I've never shot with a 690. I've only ever shot with the two 680s that I have. And my 680s are still going strong. And um, I pretty much bought two uh, because I love the camera so much. And I want, them, I want to keep shooting with them if anything goes wrong. So let me tell you how I got my Polaroid SLR 680 Special Edition camera. In 1994, that's the year I started shooting film and I went off to Europe and I took a Pentax Zoom 90 WR with me. I shot a lot of print film originally and then in the mid to late 90s, I switched completely to slide or transparency film. In 1999, I got my first digital camera and then by, say, 2006, um, that's the year I bought my first digital SLR. And from 2006 to 2010, it was all digital. Everything I did was digital. I traveled around a lot, around a lot around Europe, around Australia, and it was all digital photography. But by 2010, um, my two children were born. We'd moved back to Australia. And all of a sudden, I sort of had this hankering for uh, film cameras again. So I bought a Lomo LCA, 
I was very much into Flickr back then in 2010. And a lot of great forums and discussions are on Flickr. And I'd heard about this camera, the Lomo LCA. So I went onto eBay and I bought a Lomo LCA from somewhere in the former Soviet Union. And when it came here to Brisbane, I took quite a few rolls of print film, did a, few, did a bit of cross-processing, and uh, had a lot of fun with that. But then I bought a, a bit of a disastrous camera after that. I bought a, a Chaika, which is a Russian half-frame camera. I put my heart and soul into three rolls of, of uh, half-frame goodness, and I was devastated when the camera basically didn't work. Um, so after that disaster, I kind of left film alone again for a while. And it wasn't until 2014, it was actually around my 40th birthday, I decided, well, no, I didn't decide. I just, all of a sudden, this thing went off in my brain about Polaroid cameras and Polaroid images. And I don't know what it was. Um, I wish I remember what, it, what triggered this. Because the previous 20 years, I had never ever been in, interested in instant photography or Polaroids at all. Um, I sort of was aware of them, but it was kind of something that never crossed my mind to, to buy a Polaroid camera. Maybe it was kind of, you know, a snobby kind of thing. Maybe I thought that wasn't real photography or it was just a bit of fun. I don't know. But in 2014, with this sort of obsession, I started to do some research uh, about Polaroid cameras. It led me to a website by a guy called Dan Finnan, uh, it's D-A-N-F-I-N-N-E-N. -N -N -E -N. I think he's in the United States and he's got a fantastic website uh, all about Polaroid cameras or mostly about Polaroids. And uh, Dan's got a great guide on there uh, about which sort of Polaroid to buy. And I pretty much went to the section which said um, the best Polaroid camera to buy. And I'm pretty sure back in the day it said the, six, uh, the SLR 680. So I went into eBay and this is around my 40th birthday and I thought, yeah, I'm just going to treat myself to a camera. And I've actually found in my email um, the original kind of receipt for the camera. Um, I love eBay, but one thing that drives me nuts, you can't go back into time too much on eBay and find how much you paid for stuff years ago. But I did actually find on here how much I paid for it. So I bought a beautiful Polaroid SLR 680 SE camera in its original box, original manual, and all that kind of stuff. And it was 167 US dollars. And I believe with the postage or the shipping, the shipping was quite expensive. And so I remember it was around 250 Australian dollars. Um, that was in 2014. So I bought this camera and I bought some impossible film and that's how I started off. I also uh, bought quite a, a, a big job lot of Polaroid film. So this is Polaroid 600 film. This is not impossible. This is not Polaroid originals, obviously. This is the original Polaroid pre-2008 film. So I bought a bulk lot of that and I started shooting with it. Now, six years on from its expiry date, um, the film was a bit faded and the first probably five, 10 boxes I got pretty good results with, um, but then it sort of started to rapidly go downhill. Uh, so that's how I got my Polaroid SLR 680. I bought it off eBay, and this is something in my mind triggered this kind of Polaroid mania. And although one of my photography goals in 2019 is to thin out my camera collection, 
because I just have too many really to to enjoy them. So I want to take a whole lot of uh, photos, maybe use some for the the podcast, and then just get rid of them. One lot of cameras I think I won't be getting rid of is my beautiful Polaroids. And they're not worth a lot of money, except for the 680s. Um, these ones are just all the sort of rigid-bodied 600 ones. I just love having them on my shelf. So I've got a couple of Supercolor 635s. I've got a Close-Up 636. I've got a Sun 670. Um, and I've got a 635CL. So I've got quite a few of those uh, on my shelf, uh, along with some of the sort of rainbow stripe cameras as well. I've got a rainbow stripe red button, and I think I've got a rainbow stripe green button somewhere as well. So I absolutely love my Polaroid cameras. Now, one thing I kind of touched on a couple of minutes ago was the fact that I never, ever was sort of interested in Polaroid cameras in the 90s when I was getting into photography. And, you know, I vividly remember going into photographic shops in the UK, like Jessup's and other ones like that. But I never, ever remember looking at instant cameras or instant photography. And I just don't know why. And it was interesting. I was kind of thinking about that the other day. And then uh, two days later, I was actually listening to the Viking Viewfinders podcast and Andrew Bartram from the Lensless podcast was on there and he said the same thing. He sort of said that he was, you know, aware of Polaroid back in the day, but he never, ever shot with them. And he kind of, I think he sort of said he, you know, he wished he kind of had. And, and certainly that's something that I have in me as well. I, I wished I had, you know, bought a whole lot of Polaroid stuff back in the 90s. And sometimes you don't really know what you've got until it's gone, right? Like that that song, Big Yellow Taxi. Um, and so it, it's it's funny. All this stuff surrounds us. And until it disappears, you don't, you don't really value it sometimes. And that's why, um, on a bit of a side note, I do still really love Instax. Even though I love Polaroid cameras, I love the Polaroid film. Uh, you know, Instax is something which I'm uh, very, very grateful for. It's fantastic to have that available to us as well. Check out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com. If you're on Instagram, Come say hi at Matt Loves Cameras. Or if you fancy getting in touch, drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. So let's talk about the images that I captured with the camera. So you'll be able to see most of these on the Instagram account at Matt Loves Cameras, but all of them will be in the show notes for today's episode at mattlovescameras.com. So the first four photos I want to talk about were taken uh, two weekends ago when we went on a road trip down to a place called Warwick, which is in southwest Queensland. And we went down there because this time of year there are beautiful fields of sunflowers in that area, which can be quite spectacular. We actually went down there uh, three years ago, and then we went down there two years ago, and there was so many fields of sunflowers. It was great to sort of take photos at the side of the road. I think the first year we actually went into one of the sunflower fields. Uh, We didn't actually realize it weren't supposed to. Um, But then in 2017, um, we also went down to that area and I took a a lot of photos with my Fujifilm X-Series digital gear. One of those photos actually appeared 
in a uh, rough guide uh, travel photography book called You Are Here. It was a beautiful photo of a, a galah sort of munching on the sunflowers in the early morning. So I had very many happy memories of going to the sunflowers uh, over the last few years. So a couple of weeks ago, we, we packed the family up in the car for a 24-hour road trip. And it was a very, very hot weekend. It was like, I think it was like 38 degrees and the humidity was very high. It was just like an, an oven or a sauna outside. And we actually stopped at one little town uh, to go to the toilet and look in the antique shop, a little town called Arachula. And I was out in the sun walking to the toilet for about 10 minutes and it just felt like I was getting fried by the sun. It was so hot. So anyway, the next afternoon, uh, that afternoon rather, we actually arrived at the sunflower fields. Um, we had dinner in town and then I got up at 5am. <laughs> That's when the sun gets up in summer here in uh, southeast Queensland. And I went and took some more photos. So I actually took quite a few cameras. I'll, I'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but one of the cameras I took was the Polaroid 680, uh, Polaroid SLR 680 rather, and I had a pack of Polaroid Originals Ice Cream Pastels Color 600 film with me. So this is a pack of eight different colored frames. Now, you, I didn't actually know what order they were going to come out, but I'm actually really happy with how it all, they all turned out. Well, having said that, I only, I've only actually shot half the pack. So I've shot four images on that road trip. So the first one is of a green frame. It's got a green frame and it's a beautiful two sunflowers in the foreground with a whole load of sunflowers in the background. And they're actually really nicely well focused. Um, I really like this picture. I love the colors. The greens are very dark, but the, the yellow is nice and you know bright and so is the sky. Now, one thing you will notice about all four photos that I took with this pack of film is they have these kind of silvery blue stripes down the sort of side of right in the middle of the image just to the the left of the center and um, what these are as I understand these are opacification failures in the film so what they are is they are you know blue flame-like marks along the frames or thin vertical lines or cracks of blue throughout the frame so I'm reading now from the Polaroid originals website and what they're saying is that these blue marks are actually areas of overexposure and that the chemical opacification layer did not have enough time to mix and spread before the photo was exposed to ambient light. Now, I actually grabbed these photos straight away from the, the camera and hid them in my pocket. Um, I guess what it's saying here is that, um, you know, maybe if I had a frog tongue, which is a bit of black sort of plastic that shields the, the frame entirely from light, maybe that would have uh, saved these images from these marks. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, the other thing is they're saying is that you should clean your rollers. But I know that from my rollers are quite clean and from other packs of, of film that I've shot with the camera, uh, they've had no problems at all. So I'm wondering if it was the film in this instance. Was it the fact that I didn't have a frog tongue? Um, I don't really know. I, I guess at the end of the day, it just adds a little bit to the ambience of the images. Um, they're not perfect images because they have these sort of blue streaks down them. But you know what? I, I think it actually gives it a bit of uh, a bit of difference, a bit of uniqueness to them because you're not sure how it's uh, going to affect the frames here. 
The second frame is in a, what, in a pink frame? And it's of three beautiful cows that I saw standing at the side of the road. Well, actually, it was a big herd of cows. Um, but in this frame, I got three of them, sort of brown, brown and white, black and white cows um, by the side of the road. I really like that one. The third one in the yellow frame is of a single sunflower, just sort of poking its head up um, above the rest of the sunflowers. I can't remember when I took this. I, th- I might have. Oh, I think I took this late in the day, in the afternoon. Um, because the light is very soft and uh, the sky is a little bit blown out, but I, I really like this image as well. I think the yellow frame suits the sunflowers perfectly. And the last one from this pack uh, that I've shot so far, it's a blue frame and it's of three silos and some kind of truck wagons um, on some grass. Uh, it was actually taken in some really beautiful light. I was sort of, I, I finished photographing the sunflowers and I was driving back to the hotel where we were staying, or the motel, rather, uh, because everyone else was asleep. And uh, all of a sudden, I saw this scene of this beautiful light with these silos and these um, sort of truck wagons. Um, and so I pulled over and, and took a few photos. And uh, yeah, the blue frame really complements the blue in the scene. There's blue in the sky and there's sort of silvery blue in the sort of uh, the silos and stuff like that. So again, I, I really quite like that frame. And I'm really looking forward to shooting the rest of the pack of the ice cream pastels images. Um, but I don't really want to shoot them on just anything. I want to shoot them on something a bit a bit special. Um, so they're in the in the camera for now. The next one is of uh, regular 600 film, uh, Polaroid Originals film, that I shot in Brisbane City in the middle of the day one day. It was about midday. It was my lunch hour. I went down by the side of the river. It was very bright and I just fired the camera off. And, you know, you've got still got quite a bit of detail in the buildings there, uh, but it's given this lovely, dramatic, sort of ambient look uh, to the image, which I really love. And again, this uh, this frame is also suffering from a, a pacification issue. But again, I you know, I, I don't think I actually even noticed it did until I started describing the image. I, I really quite like it. The next one is of a... Um, it was actually a Fujifilm X uh, meetup I went to, and we were standing on uh, we were at the side of a cliff in Brisbane, uh, which is a good lookout for the Story Bridge. And all of a sudden, this couple um, and a photographer came, and they went over the, the top of the cliff there, and they started taking wedding photos. And so I thought, well, I may as well take a photo of the bride and groom. Uh, so I did that, and um, I really like this image. It's of a bride and groom, and you've got the story bridge in Brisbane in the background and it's just a little candid photo I took of them there. The next image is of my beautiful daughter. Uh, it was her birthday. I think this was last year. Yeah, it was last year. And um, this is just a, a photo I took in the house. She had all these nice decorations up. She had some friends over and she had a balloon and she had happy birthday written on one of those, you know, those light up sort of signs. Uh, so um, I think the Polaroid's done a really good job here. She looks great. It had the flash on. She's in focus. And um, yeah, you can see why, you know, Polaroid system is such a great system for capturing, you know, family snapshots because it's done a great job in this instance. The next one, again, is of my daughter. This time I had the flash off. This is on Kuchimadlo Island, which is, you probably know by now, is a favorite place for me to take photos. We were there one day and uh, she was just looking down at some shells and I took an image of her. The, the lighting of her isn't that great, 
But remember, I did have the flash off and I just wanted to see how it handled the scene. And I think it did pretty well. The next one is of my daughter again. Uh, I think, again, the flash was off, but the lighting was really nice. And so it looks really good. Um, she's very well lit and so is the background. Again, on Kuchimadlo Island, she's got some sunglasses on there and there's some more water in the background and some beautiful sort of pastel-y colours um, in that shot, pinkies, pinks and blues and stuff like that. There was actually another issue with um, Polaroid Originals film that we also need to talk about. Um, so there's also an issue with some film packs having a pink or orange colour cast. Now, if you look at some of these images that I took, there is definitely a pink sort of um, cast to the images. And what they're saying is uh, that shooting environments, when the shooting environment was over 28 degrees Celsius, which is 82 degrees Fahrenheit, this sort of pinkish hues or pinkish tones can occur in images. So there you go. Um, some of the sort of pink look to some of these images it could be because I was shooting the images outside in a hot kind of environment. Um, but I, again, I still really like them. I, this, you know, I think they're, they're lovely images. Um, I wouldn't change them. The next image is of my kids, this time at Wellington Point, just down the road. And they are sort of um, being crazy. They're giving each other a hug, a rare sort of um, show of sibling unity. And they're both smiling and being a bit crazy. And again, the Polaroid's done a fantastic job. The flash was on. It's caught the mid-frame, um, sort of mid-action. And it's perfectly frozen and uh, very well exposed. So I really like that image. The next two images were again taken on Coochie Mudlow Island this time with some expired um, Impossible Project black frame, black and white film. I got off a friend of mine, Anaban, who lives down in uh, Melbourne. So, um, yeah, I really like these images. they really quite mysterious looking. So the first is of my son. He's sort of in the middle of the frame, sort of mid-action, and uh, yeah, some really nice sort of tones to the image, the sky and the sand and the sea. And the next one is just of some uh, grass um, with uh, sort of there by the, the seashore with the sea in the background. So I really like those images. And I've still got a couple of packs of that, which I'm, I'm looking forward to shooting more of that black and white film. The next two images are again on Kuchimadlo Island. And again, they do have that pinkish kind of hue to them, which would suggest that, you know, it's uh, they were shot in an environment over 28 degrees. So the first one, uh, both of them are no flash. The first one in my kids running away towards the Kuchimadlo jetty, which I really like that image. You can see the, uh, the shadows of the sun coming off my children there. And the top right of the image is quite bright where the sun is. And the bottom one is one of my favourites. It's it's like this little painting. I absolutely love it. So there's some beautiful pink and blue sort of um, tones to the image. You've got my daughter on the left, my son on the right. They're just running along the beach, playing in the, in the sea, looking for shells, that kind of thing. In the background, there's a tiny little sailboat. And um, I absolutely love this image. And I'm going to read to you a quote from Florian Caps, who's the guy who, of course, spearheaded the Impossible Project to bring back um, Impossible film or Polaroid film. The magic of Polaroids is their uniqueness. Traditional photographs are by definition reprints from a negative. Polaroids are a one-of-a-kind painting produced by light, 
which might be why artists were so drawn to them. And I completely believe and get this quote. I absolutely love it. When I look at some of the Polaroids I've taken, I'm not suggesting I'm some kind of amazing artist or anything like that. But sometimes when you take a Polaroid and you look back at it, like this one of my children in the sea with the boat in the background, it looks like a tiny little painting. It looks so beautiful. It's one off. It's not like shooting digital where you shoot a million images and choose the best. This is imperfect perfection to me. Uh, It's just a beautiful little image and uh, I absolutely love it. Now, just as a contrast, I will add three images uh, to the bottom of the show notes uh, taken with the 680 when I still had Polaroid film. So there's two images of my kids when they were younger. I'm, I'm looking at the images here. Can't believe how young they are. Um, and then there's a beautiful image of the seaside I took. I can't actually remember where I took that. It might have been in Yamba in New South Wales, actually, from memory. Um, but they were beautiful Polaroid images. There's absolutely no problems with opacification or anything like that. Now, the film is out of date. It was six years out of date when I shot it. So it is a bit faded. The colors aren't quite as rich as they should be. But I distinctly remember, you know, having these images develop within 60 seconds right in my hands. And, um, you know, as I said, they're just beautiful little works of art, these things. And it's sort of a reminder of how sad it is that Polaroids shut down in 2008. The original um, pre-2008 Polaroid emulsions were just incredible, Um, just so amazing. The amount of technology, the amount of know-how that went into those emulsions, both for SX-70 and for the 600 cameras, was just incredible. And the amount of technology, the amount of know-how that we have lost um, by Polaroids um, ceasing trading in 2008 is just, um, yeah, beyond words, really. Um, It's fantastic the Polaroid originals are around. They seem to be making money and selling a lot of their product. That's great, and I'll continue to support them. But really, we're still not at a stage we were in pre-2008 days in terms of these emulsions. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. So how did the Polaroid SLR 680 Special Edition shape up against my completely made up and arbitrary ratings? It did very, very well. So for features, I've given it 22 out of 25. This camera is pretty much the apex, the peak of the folding line of Polaroid cameras. It has got the most amazing autofocus system. It's got a flash that you can turn on or off. It's got manual focusing. It's got the light and darken wheel. And on the bottom, of course, it's got a, um, a tripod socket. So it's got a great range of features. Performance and handling. Again, I've given it 22 out of 25. When you look through that viewfinder and you half press the shutter button, it gives you the most beautiful rendering of the image that you're about to take. And it's super fast. I love this camera. Image quality. I've given it 21 out of 25. Now, it doesn't produce, you know, uh, amazing sort of images like you'd get from a, a medium format camera. But I just love the images. They're kind of imperfectly perfect. So uh, this is a camera that I'm going to keep for a very long time. And I've actually got, like I said, I've got a second one that I bought off my friend Anaban. He was getting rid of his, uh, so I bought it off him. So I've got two now. Uh, Just in case anything happens to one of them, I've got a backup. 
fun. I've given the camera 23 out of 25 for fun. Like all instant cameras, it is so fun to use. It is a ton of fun. I love looking through the viewfinder, pressing that shutter button, and a beautiful image comes out. Now with the Polaroid Originals emulsions, don't get me wrong, I am so grateful and happy that they exist, but they're not like the original uh, pre-2008 Polaroid film emulsions. Of course, you've got to hide the image straight away and sort of look at it, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes later, which kind of takes some of the magic out of the whole process. Um, but there you go. I'm just so grateful that uh, the film still exists. So that gives the camera a whopping... 88 out of 100. It is the best scoring camera I've reviewed so far and one of my favourites. I absolutely love it. Now, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know that uh, it's actually one of the camera sounds that I use to sort of transition from segment to segment. It's got an amazing, fantastic shutter sound. And to transition to the next little bit of the podcast, here it is again. Listen to this. So just before closing the episode off, I'll give you a little rundown of what I've been up to. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, we went on a beautiful road trip to see the sunflowers. I actually took a load of cameras with me. Um, So uh, as well as my 680, I also took my 1972 SX70. I took my Polaroid Originals One Step Plus. I took my Olympus LT1, which of course was featured in uh, episode four of the podcast. And I loaded that with Kodak Gold 200 as part of my first month of the Frugal Film Project. Uh, so what else did I take? I took a Mew 2. Now, I actually put up a little poll on my Instagram, on my both my Instagrams, my Matt Loves Instagrams and my Matt Loves Cameras Instagram. And I said, should I shoot the Mew 2 with the Yodica and Terra's or the Psych Blues film? Uh, it was pretty close, I think, um, but the Yodica won out. So I've shot that um, of the sunflowers, the Yodica and Teres. Actually, I've just realized that I haven't quite finished the film yet. I think I'm up to about frame 19. So I've probably got about five more shots there. Um, so I did that. That was great. Uh, I had a nice little convo with a guy behind Psych Blues. And so I'm really looking forward to shooting that as well. And I'll be doing a review on both those films uh, on the podcast, hopefully in the next couple of episodes. I also took my Instax wide. Uh, I only took one pack of film with me and I was kicking myself because I was loving the Instax wide on this road trip. I took a lot of photos with it and I was absolutely loving it. The sunflower photos looked really good. There wasn't actually many, uh, as many sunflowers as previous years, but still I took some nice photos and I absolutely loved being out in the country. It was, it was really good. Um, I did have, as I said, I had a, quite a lot of cameras with me, plus all my digital stuff. Um, and, but, you know, we were just going from the, the car to the motel, to the sunflowers and back to the car. But on the way back, my wife wanted to go to see a waterfall. So we sort of went back via this place called Queen Mary Falls. And um, we actually saw a couple of smaller waterfalls. Then we got out of the car at Queen Mary Falls. And it's the parking lot's not very far from the falls. It's only about 250 metres, you know, about a 10 minute, 10 minute walk. Um, but I didn't want to leave any of my camera equipment in the car. So I had two big heavy bags. It's 36 degrees. It's the middle of the day. I put my hat on, had these two bags over my shoulders, and I walked in the hot sun to this waterfall, uh, which wasn't very far, but 
had a little boy with me and he was kind of walking slow and then he didn't bring a hat so I gave him my hat and so I'm absolutely boiling getting fried by the sun um, and then we got down to this beautiful platform we met up with my wife and my daughter who were just behind us and we saw the fall the, fall, the Queen Mary Falls looked beautiful there was a little rainbow there was people at the bottom sort of swimming or mucking around in the water there so it was really really nice and then all of a sudden out of nowhere so we're on this platform we're on this platform about four meters by about four meters so it's not that big and there's about eight or ten people on the platform coming and going and all of a sudden this guy this older guy in his 50s or 60s gets this drone out he gets like a a, a tello or maybe it was a spark and he takes off with this um drone from the platform and it's literally about 60 or 70 centimeters away you know two feet away from people and he takes the drone off and I'm just watching him and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just did that. And I thought, he, he took over people's heads and he was taking some pictures of the waterfall. And I thought, no, hold your tongue, Matthew. Don't say a word. So I took a couple more photos of the waterfall. We decided it was time to head back. And all of a sudden, this complete idiot um, brings the drone back in. My daughter's on the side of the platform and it's about the drone's about two meters away from my daughter's head. And I said to my daughter, quick, get out of the way, go to mum. And I said to the guy, mate, you, you actually, what you're doing is illegal. You're operating this drone illegally. You're so close to people. It's dangerous. This is not on. And he sort of went, oh, yeah, whatever. And then he, um, I sort of proceeded to watch him. And there was a young couple in their 20s on the platform by this stage. And he caught the drone in the air about a foot above a lady's head and um, it was only about 30 centimetres one foot above her head she sort of crouched down and and uh, got a bit scared when he was doing this and I had another go at him and I just said mate that's so dangerous you, you're, you're an idiot you don't know what you're doing mate and uh, and again he sort of ignored me and probably thought I was a complete pain in the bum um, but you know sometimes uh, you know I've got a drone myself so I'm not anti-drones but you've got to operate this kind of equipment safely right um, you know trying to air catch a drone 30 centimeters above someone's head is just not on and um, that guy should have known better uh, so then I trudged back to the car in a bad mood because of that guy with two very heavy bags of camera equipment um, so it wasn't a great sort of finish to the road trip, but um, no, we got home safely and that's all that matters. We also had a little trip later that week down to the Gold Coast. We, we actually ended up staying three nights and I took quite a few of my cameras, but I didn't really shoot them that much. Um, it was more family time. We did a lot of, um, you know, walking around the Gold Coast, played mini golf in the pool, all that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't really take that many photos, um, but you can expect to see uh, more photos of the road trip uh, and the Gold Coast trip coming up soon. Now, one thing I did have come in the post, uh, I was chatting to um, Alan, who's a lovely guy in Sydney, who goes by the handle The Film Sweats on Instagram. I was chatting to him. He's a really lovely guy. And he was talking about how he um, does his own bulk roll film. Is that what the words are? Bulk roll film? Yeah, I think that's it. So he bulk rolls his own film. Does that... I don't even know if that's what, how you say it. Um, but there you go. Hand rolls, bulk rolls, whatever. 
So he actually sent me a little package. I knew he was going to send me a couple of rolls of film, but he's actually sent me like eight rolls of film here. So I'm a little bit overwhelmed. It's so lovely. Um, so he sent me some Pan F50. What's this next one? This one is Triax. Uh, he sent me FP4. Another FP4. This one here is Triax 400. Uh, FP4 again. Another FP4. And what's the last one? Uh, I don't know what this one is. Oh, this one is Pan F50. Wow, I am just absolutely overwhelmed of Alan's generosity. Thank you so much. Um, I can't believe he sent me eight rolls of film. I now want to think of something to send him. Um, I think he mainly shoots black and white though and almost, well not almost all but a lot of the film I've got is uh, black and white uh, oh, sorry, a lot of the film I've got is colour not black and white so thanks so much to Alan, you can check his Instagram out at the film sweats. That's it for episode five of Matt Loves Cameras. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder that if you want to get in touch and have a chat with me, uh, please follow the show's Instagram at Matt Loves Cameras, or you can send me an email, mattlovescameras at gmail.com. I'll be trying to record and publish an episode at the start of every month and around the middle of every month, so please subscribe and keep listening out for new episodes. Thanks so much for your support. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheerio. Bye-bye. forward slash Cassie NMZ. Check the show notes for the link.